When you give someone financial freedom, financial, you include them financially, the impact on their lives is massive. Whether that's giving them ability to frankly take their own life into their own hands, right? So they decide about education for their children. They decide about, okay, I'm earning my income. I decide what I want to do with it. I have independence. Let's say to decide whether I want to stay in this relationship or not. I am financially independent so I can let's say, even think about divorce, right? I mean, it depends on the culture, of course, but I think that's where I felt was really meaningful for me as the why I want to work on financial inclusion and financial wellness because I felt that you empower the person holistically for their life and you give them the ability to choose. I think one thing I want to highlight is that you don't have to be a financial services expert to be able to work on a financial True. wellness suit. Yep, absolutely. You can find people to work with, right? But just be aware of what your strengths are and what you can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. If you are equally passionate and curious about the problem that you want to solve, whether that's in financial wellness, then I'm sure that you will be able to find the right place to contribute. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a myth that many of us sort of have and that I do have to either study, I have to study finance or have a strong financial services background, yeah. I would say no, you have to have curiosity and your own strengths and you can contribute meaningfully. The One of the joys for me, which is really, I could not imagine this anywhere back like in Europe, is that whenever something happens here, I feel like whether that's 3 a.m. or, you know, even when we were, we had like a celebration at home and things didn't work out and I was like, wow, like now we have to move it like three months, right? Because people like, you, you schedule things. You give a call to people in Pakistan and things move yep. like magic. And next day, things are done for you and people are polite and polite and they're like, they do it with such warmth. And yeah, it's something really, really cherish. And I think we talk very little about it. We should much more that this aspect of the culture is very present and it's quite unique. Hi everybody, today I have a very special guest, someone who I found on LinkedIn, but I am actually just thinking why did I not find you sooner than I did. Uh, Vladimira is someone who's living in Karachi right now, but if I can go through her profile, it's a list of everything that we all should be knowing already about. You're the founder of Neem, which is enabling financial wellness for underbanked communities in Pakistan. Uh, you're a founder of the Future Farm, Mental Health for Entrepreneurs, you're a host of Naked Podcast, you're a native investor, and recently you were named as the top women entrepreneurs this year by Forbes Slovakia. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but these are really big titles, and uh, I don't know how you live up to these roles, how do you do this, but maybe we can get started by where did this whole journey begin? Like, did you always want to be an entrepreneur uh, from a small town of Slovakia of 12,000 people? And right now you're building an app for 220 million people. This is insane. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you for having me, Sanya. It's a pleasure. Uh, I was looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. And uh, it feels quite special to for me to be in Karachi right now and dialing into your podcast whilst you are in Europe, you know, yes. in Finland, but still closer to my original home than <laughs> right now. So that's very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you so you listed some of those endeavors and um, they sound sort of, you know, glam and big and, and you use that word and big titles. But to be honest, um, 
they are in some way boxes that maybe give some impression, but it's truly, I think, the journey itself. And um, it's never, we, we often sort of look towards the end outcome and we are sort of mesmerized or we feel like it's so disconnected from, from us and how someone was able to achieve that. And we forget the journey. So I, I'm glad that you asked me how it started because it, it, it started in the place called Down wow. uh, in Slovakia. And uh, yeah, I, I, I grew up in the family of engineers. Um, I said this many times, but uh, in other conversations that I don't think I ever was even surrounded by entrepreneurs or did consider sort of this pathway for myself. Right. Um, I thought that I will be a diplomat and uh, sort of work oh, in the okay. affairs. Nice. And then, uh, which was also sort of against my family wish because given you are sort of raised around engineers. There was yeah. a, some sort of family pressure. I think yes. a lot of us know what I'm talking about, yep. about pursuing the path of becoming an engineer mm -hmm. myself. And, um, I rebelled in some way and sort of went towards uh, human rights and this global affairs. And I think the path really to where I am, if I just summarize it maybe in one sentence is that it had a lot of curves and a lot of sort of decision-making on the way and being quite open-minded and also trying to be a lot in touch with with myself. And yeah. so I do a lot of sort of self-reflection and we can deep dive into that. But yeah, I mean, the journey itself was very adventurous and certainly not narrow. So I yeah. didn't have it on my vision board that one day <laughs> I'll sort of building new in Pakistan. Wow, amazing. But since you're a global citizen as well, uh, Vladimir, yeah. like you just mentioned you've lived in different countries as well. Uh, and you've also sort of, you know, like, but <laughs> not being an engineer at home and then, you know, chose your own path. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Something that I can resonate with as well. Uh, no wonder why we're sitting here talking about this, <laughs> which is amazing. But I really want to know, since I think culture is super important to both of us, I'm assuming, and uh, I think it really does make up who you are as a person, you know, regardless of where you come from, where you live, wherever you've traveled in the world. Uh, I, out of personal curiosity, I really want to know what part of Slovakia do you bring in your life in Pakistan and what part of the Pakistani culture do you enjoy the most? I love that question. Nobody really asked me. Everybody's sort of like, what are the differences and similarities? But yeah. um, okay, so what part of Slovakia did I bring to Pakistan? Um, I think it was just this this immediate thought went into my mind that uh, we were just celebrating Easter a few, few yep. sort of days, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and I, there was a little bit of melancholy for me because I've been now in Pakistan for five years, but the last period was sort of five months since I reconnected back home. And um, I had this like inner inside urge to reconnect with the culture, with the rituals and wood. And so I was sort of sharing that with my team here in Pakistan and with my partner, who is also Pakistani. Yes. Um, and some of the cultural pieces and rituals were very odd for people in Pakistan. <laughs> Again. um but I felt very proud of them I think bits of pieces of the as you said like how I was raised which is very much in touch with nature for instance yeah, right. in some way it's quite easy for me to do that here in Pakistan mm -hmm. so for instance we travel a lot towards the north so we connect oh, with the beautiful, beautiful yeah. here yes. that was easy right um I think that if I 
the I feel like the other if I reverse it the parts of Pakistan for which I bring with myself Slovakia the one piece that I really sort of love uh, over here in Pakistan is that it is so communal and and family and but really communal driven and that's something that was new to me in a sense Mm -hmm. we certainly I was raised in much more sort of isolated sort of smaller units yeah. and in terms of the family and um here i feel you have your doors open to anyone anytime you celebrate sort of all the small and big milestones with people uh so i think that communal spirit and community spirit is something that i really love and uh i certainly bring more of that back home and sometimes people are like what do you mean we can bring anyone anytime and i'm like yeah that that's the way you rule so I think that would be the one that I would highlight from from mm-hmm. Pakistan home in, in back That's in Europe. Amazing. And to be honest, again, I can't relate to that because when I moved away from Pakistan, I think that is one aspect that I really missed so much, mm-hmm. uh, especially because coming to the northern part of Europe, you yes. know, people are a little more distanced. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's always, I mean, I shouldn't be joking about this, but among my friends, we had this thing where I would talk to my Estonian friends and be like, you know, COVID came here before it actually happened because people were doing the two meters before anything. So I love it. it. You know, I also joke the other way around. So when I I speak about Slovakia, I say to people, well, it's probably the size, well, my city where I come from is the size of one Pakistani wedding. So people... (laughs) Delayed, right because it is a thousand and then a few thousand here and i hear you i hear you i think those uh you know subtle jokes that do define um, underlying uh you know elements of the culture so yeah for sure awesome but you have such an inspiring story regarding your professional career and the way you've built neem i think we can get mm-hmm. more into that part as well uh how did neem come into being how did your partnership with you know both of the names come into being uh, and then what led to name in the first place like why name yes so first of all we yes. let's get the names sort of sorted in, in <laughs> yes. order yes so so we are building um a financial infrastructure financial technology uh, business here in Pakistan with sort of our, our vision is to as you said before is to enable what we call financial wellness which is some sort of a different variation of financial inclusion to yeah. people who've been historically excluded right so didn't have access uh, to the right financial products mm-hmm. so the name of the business is neem which comes from a neem tree so yeah. this is for people who might not know because i guess your audience is from all around the world so neem tree is this famous south asian tree which is really famous i learned for its uh, really strong healing effects and it's yeah. a communal tree it's a beautiful huge tree um, and when you sit under it, you get the shade and you get the protection from mosquitoes, all of it is there. So the idea was to take that spirit and, and sort of ex- scale it exponentially within the financial services world. So that's why Neem. Then my two co-founders are called Naeem and Nadeem. So for a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people for a long time thought that now we are either called Neem or Naeem or so it's name is the business, and then have, yeah. I have Naeem and Nadeem, and uh, they're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. So my journey to Pakistan, um, I think I sort of in the last ten years, I really sort of understood 
inside of myself that I would love to live and work in emerging markets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had the opportunity and privilege to sort of work in London, work in Europe. And yes, it was also really, it was it was very rich in terms of learnings yeah. uh, and the exposure that I got to all kinds of mentorship and opportunities and culture, etc. But when I had then the chance to work in Africa for some time, I just felt much more alive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I felt that if I wake up in the morning and 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 I put a little bit of that sort of maybe skills that I have, a little bit of knowledge and, you know, the stamina and determination to something that I'm working on, the impact can be much larger. And, and, and I also felt, to be honest, that places like London are full of support and everything is available. Mm-hmm. And then you come to places like Karachi or we were in, in Nairobi or in Ghana and you meet this talent, which is really eager to create something yep. and they're very self-conscious, right? I ask the right questions, but the support is very limited. Mm-hmm. So I was asking myself, why would I do this in London where there's plenty or yep. in Europe? Yep. Or if I have the opportunity and I can bring a little bit of that and contribute in ecosystems, like in Pakistan, that mm-hmm. made me feel alive. Wow. So I think that was probably mm-hmm. part of my why I wanted to sort of uh, work in emerging markets. And then it's also serendipity. So yeah. when you answer some of those questions for yourself, then you also start attracting opportunities. Yes. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. I think when you are clear about some parts and you put it maybe on your vision board or you start sort of manifesting it, yes. um, you start attracting the universe to you and, and you are open-minded much more. So really it was an opportunity that came my way uh, to, I was, so Nadim, my current co-founder at Neem, he invited me in, in some way. He asked me if I want to join him for a project in Pakistan and I gave it a shot. And since then, I didn't look back. It's been five years. Uh, I fell in love with the country. I yeah. fell in love with the man as well. So <laughs> the team became also my my uh, life partner. We are married That's right now. So amazing. the journey has its own way to evolve. But uh, yeah, so I think it takes the some sort of inner clarity, mm-hmm. but as well, open-mindedness about the opportunities and being able to sometimes step into unknowns and maybe uncomfortable spaces that's where I believe that that's where we grow and that's where sort of you can create for yourself true no I absolutely agree with that but maybe if we can get more into your background related to fintech uh like your name like what were you doing and then how did that come about to okay let's you know build this project together Mm -hmm. with yeah no definitely so my background is not in financial services Mm -hmm. so I originally studied uh in my master's human rights and the reason was that I somehow deep down always sort of felt related to I guess the basic issues that we all face right in our lives and and I felt that when you address those the safety security for each of us then you can move on the Maslow pyramid towards mm-hmm. the higher levels and at the end of the day is towards the self-actualization yeah. and ask yourself purpose question yeah. but 
unless the safety and security is there for you, right? And you have access to the basic means and rights, you can forget about the self-actualization mm -hmm. and the purpose. So I felt like, okay, I, I, I want to start working on the baseline. And mm -hmm. then I started looking for the right ways to do that. So I did a little bit in foreign affairs and mm -hmm. in more in the non sort of nonprofit sector in governmental organizations. And certainly I felt like, yes, you can move the needle. But yeah. I think for me personally, I felt that it was in some way limiting, like the level of creativity and also uh, how you can scale solutions True. was quite limiting. So when I met, this was again, um, some sort of serendipity, I met entrepreneurs in my life and they were already building solutions. And some of them were in financial services, right. focused on financial inclusion. And I started learning more about how they do it and sort of what's driving them. And it was really inspiring for me. So mm -hmm. I started working with entrepreneurs. This was back in Central Europe. Mm -hmm. I, I came back, back home to Slovakia and I started sort of working alongside entrepreneurs. And then I got an opportunity to work for a financial services focused investor. So it was a fund in London. Right. And again, they gave me an opportunity to work with entrepreneurs that we have invested into around the world mm -hmm. and help them to one, think about how they grow their business. And also second, help them think about how they grow as entrepreneurs and human beings themselves. Mm -hmm. yep. So the first part on the business side led me to be really excited about financial inclusion and the what tech and can do for empowering people on the what we said at the beginning the baseline right when you give someone financial freedom financial you include them financially the impact on their lives is massive whether that's uh, on giving them ability to frankly, take their own life into their own hands, right? So they decide about education for their children. They decide about, okay, I'm earning my income. I decide what I want to do with it. I have independence, uh, let's say, to decide whether I want to stay in this relationship or not. I am financially independent, so I can, let's say, even think about divorce, right? I mean, it depends on the culture, of course. But I think that's where I felt was really meaningful for me as the why I want to work on financial inclusion and financial wellness because mm -hmm. I felt that you empower the person holistically True. for their life you give them the ability to choose mm -hmm. in life so that really was I think my maybe the starting point for Neem and this was many mm -hmm. years back and when I came to Pakistan and realized that we can build such financial wellness solution here and empower so many people to really have the ability to make choices in their own lives and then for their families and communities. Yeah. Made a lot of sense to me. So that was sort of the, mm -hmm. I think the why FinTech and financial services. I think one thing I want to highlight is that you don't have to be a financial services expert to be able to work on a financial True. wellness solution. Yep, absolutely. You find people to work with right yes. but just be aware of what your strengths are and what you can bring to the table mm -hmm. if you are equally passionate and curious about the problem that you want to solve whether that's in financial wellness then i'm sure that you will be able to find the right place to contribute mm -hmm. so maybe that's a myth that many of us sort of have and 
um, that I do have to either study, I have to study finance or have a strong financial services background. Yeah. I would say no, you have to have curiosity and your own strengths and you can contribute meaningfully. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree with that for sure. But maybe if we can also talk more about Neem in terms of Vladimir, like maybe explain how it works, who is it for? Uh, it's a fintech API, as I understood, uh, for enabling diverse businesses and platforms. So is it like a B2B sort of uh, platform mm. or who is it exactly for? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Uh, we love to talk about it yeah. because it's something that we sure. live by. Yeah. You know, we breathe it every day. Yeah. So basically what we're trying to do, I'll start from a different place. So <laughs> when you come to Pakistan, uh, most probably you would be using on your phone, whether that's a smartphone or it's a basic featured phone, you would be using some digital service. So let's say maybe you would be taking Kareem to mm -hmm. move around you would be maybe using food panda for ordering yeah. orders right for yes. the evening um if you're a farmer let's say from a farming family you might be using a platform that provides you daily advisory services about uh, the weather and how to take yeah. care of the crops or your you know your animals um the list goes on. There are many telehealth platforms. So you might be, you know, in relation with your doctor digitally through your phone. Mm -hmm. And now imagine the situation. So you're using those services. You know, those digital platforms, you have a relationship with them. Yep. And you want to, what you want to do is when you take that service, you want to be able to pay for that service directly from your phone. And in that relationship that Food Panda Kareem's um, Baka Bakistan, which is the name of Agritech yeah. in Pakistan. Oh. And you also want to be, if you're the farmer, you want to be able to, let's say, take a small loan from the platform that you've been developing your relationship for the last five years, let's say. Right. So you don't want to go to another financial institution to take a loan, to make a payment, to take insurance, to take care of your financial needs somewhere else. So that's where Neem comes in. You will not encounter, you will not meet Neem as a brand on the market. Right. What we do, we come in from the back end. We enable those digital platforms like Bakarugisan and many others. And you as the end user, if you're the farmer or you're yourself, mm -hmm. you'll be able, thanks to Neem, and the other platform to be able to pay, take a loan, um, hopefully in the future, make some savings, be able mm -hmm. to invest all through that one or the other platform that you're already using. Nice. So that's that's sort of the essence. People call mm -hmm. it embedded finance. Yeah. So that's sort of the fintech term. Mm -hmm. And the idea it's embedded because it's embedded, it's yes. integrated. <laughs> yeah. So it's integrated in your financial life cycle and your life cycle of what you're already using mm -hmm. so that's the idea of what we are trying to build amazing okay now coming back to your founder experience Vladimir I of would course. love to know uh starting a business in Pakistan uh coming mm -hmm. in as in, an international co-founder as well you know it has its mm -hmm. own sets of challenges and learnings uh you know you go through certain roadblocks and you start learning more about, you know, the how the business environment is, how the culture is, how to build a team, uh, how to build that team culture within, you know, the new hires that you have. So how were those challenges or, uh, you know, learnings for you? Yeah. Um, there were certainly learnings. Mm -hmm. um, 
I'm not sure if that many challenges, to be honest. It's been yeah. so far, it's been really, I mean, great, but but yes, massive learning, but great experience. Yes. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll start from the wider ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that I've learned coming in here is that doing business in, in, in the context of a country like Pakistan, yeah. um, if I would want to come here myself uh, with the with all the experience I have and, you know, like knowledge and yes, I worked in other markets. I think it would be still very, very hard for me to do something meaningful here on my own. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean on my own, just as I would, of course I would build a team, but still, I think my realization that for me to, and not just me, but for us to build something meaningful in the context of Pakistan, mm -hmm. I could not do it with my without my co-founders. Uh, they know Pakistan so well. They know how what are the nuances of navigating uh, negotiations, right? It's very different. Oh my god, the negotiation uh, is on another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's also a heavily trust-based environment, and I think that's something that I was quite conscious of, and it was important for me. And, and I confirmed that, yes, it was the right decision to build the team and, and build Neem with the strong um, co-founders who have a deep knowledge of the market. They have a connectivity to the local ecosystem. So in that way, it made it much easier for me. Yeah. So that would be certainly one if, if anyone else would want to come. I'm not saying no, but make sure that find partners who know the market right so that that is certainly one I think the other part I would love to highlight is that I actually really really enjoy building a team here mm -hmm. um Amazing. I I so okay so I'm going to say one thing I Sorry. think if I compare maybe my experience from uh from Europe versus Pakistan when I came here I felt that people were a little bit more sugarcoating yes. any type of feedback, right? So you have a yep. conversation and you sort of want to get to the crux of it. And I'm used to like be very sort of, you know, <laughs> straight and direct yeah. and, and with a little sugarcoating and going around, you know, and um, especially, mm -hmm. especially when there is assumingly some sort of a hierarchy. Yes. And yep. the really, really exciting part for me is that we very openly try to take that away within our within our team and and part i really enjoy is that i think the people love it the fact that we are building that type of a culture where the team is you know we are yes we are founders but we are trying to build very peer-to-peer -peer relationship where we speak direct it's a safe space so the safe space is something that we try to invest a lot into um and it's um yeah it's been very exciting to see people losing the layers you know yeah. in the past yeah. so yeah. that's something that I really really enjoy and it's quite nurturing mm -hmm. to be able to also help create some space for people where they don't have to pretend yeah. and maybe just come as a different human being to work and then walk as a different human being mm -hmm. to your homes yeah I think the part that I certainly felt that it's um, is a little different or new to the environment over here. Yeah, no, that is so true. And the reason why I was laughing is because it, this is my reality too. When I came here, I was just like, it was so hard season. to get through because I think in Pakistan, like in our culture, I feel like people pleasing 
is so mm. deep rooted. You know, we literally like it's sort of embedded <laughs> in our, uh, you know, like upbringing in a sense. Uh, you when you're growing up, that's how you are at home with your parents, because again, that there is that mm. level of respect, that hierarchy, you know, that we're talking about that then reflects into the work environments that we move to later on in life. Uh, but for me, yeah. it was the same thing. Like when I came here, I came in with that people pleasing attitude. But then mm -hmm. I was soon hitting roadblocks, you know, with that. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. I realized. Very, very known by, you know, being True. really cut, cut and direct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, in yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine. True. But it took me like at least now, like five years in, I feel like I'm much better now with, you know, creating that dynamics with people. Because again, you know, it takes time to learn. So for you, like back then, like in Pakistan, and then for me here, it's so amazing because I've never had this conversation with anyone. Like I couldn't like build that relatability. So I'm really happy that we can do that on this call. Thank you. No, likewise, likewise. And I think there is there is much more there. I mean, even building the business, maybe just one thing to highlight the one of the joys for me, which is really, I could not imagine this anywhere back like in Europe, is that whenever something happens here, I feel like whether that's 3 a.m. or, you know, even when we were prepared, um, we had like a celebration at home and things didn't work out. And I was like, wow, like now we have to move it like three months, right? Because people like you, you schedule things, you give a call to people in Pakistan and things move yep. like magic. And next day things are done for you and people are polite and polite and they're like, they do it with such warmth and yes. it's something I really, really cherish. And I think it's, we talk very little about it. We should much more that this aspect of the culture is very present and it's quite unique. Yes. Wow. No, thank you for blinging that on the show. Thank you. No, it's it definitely is worth highlighting because I feel like we do have this, uh, you know, like Jugard. Have you heard about yeah, that? Yeah, of course I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Okay. I don't have to get more into detail, but yes, that is exactly what it is. You know, like we love the little hacks. Like as soon as something can be done uh, quickly or in a shorter period of time, we're all in. So, yeah. but I think there is one more thing that I really want to talk to you about, Latmira, is that there's this recent post that I came across on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really wanted to get more, you know, like just try to understand your perspective better because it was so beautiful the way you wrote it and the way it was talking about like co-founder marriage document in a sense, because I feel like even in the startup world, wherever it is, regardless of Pakistan, regardless of Europe, wherever you build a startup, having a strong co-founding team is very essential to make sure mm -hmm. that not just for the short term, but also for the long run, like there's so many roadblocks, so many challenges that you will go through together as a team trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, uh, you know, if the product works, doesn't work, customer feedback, team building, all of these things, you know, so you really need uh, people around you who act like a support system, less than, like more than anything else. Uh, so I really want to understand like this concept that you guys had at Neem. Uh, maybe you can share more about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, you know, if you look on the statistics, yeah. like why companies and not just startups, but businesses in general or organizations, uh, why they don't make it. Um, the co-founder relationship and co-founder conflict mm -hmm. is very, very high on the list of the reasons. So one, we were very aware of this because we've, I would say we've had the privilege of either working with other entrepreneurs or building other businesses ourselves before. So at Neem, all three of us, we are very conscious that walking into this, we're going to invest as much as possible in doing this the way we feel today is the right way to do. 
Right. So one of the sort of uh, practices that we did was what you what you what you are asking me about, which is that we build this co-founder marriage agreement, wow. which basically is uh, some sort of a manifesto hmm. where we collectively agreed on some principles, key principles that we want to sort of respect and live by in that relationship, and. Some of them are, I'll give you some examples. So one of them is, for instance, about leaving the ego in front of the door. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, when you when you sort of talk from an ego place where you act or make decisions, when the ego is driving you, then that it's, it's really hard. I mean, the most probably the communication is not going to be effective and you're not going to arrive to the authentically like good results. So, so we sort of, um catch each other a lot we sort of say like hey i don't think you know maybe have a check-in with yourself mm -hmm. so that was one wow. we have principles um again uh, uh, other principles around how do we communicate with each other we have principles around um our commitment to the business so we made a we made it very clear with each other and aligned that all of us are going to be committed to the business full-time for a certain number of years uh, we also have uh, principles around respect and yeah. we sort of try to deconstruct like what that even means. So yeah. the guidelines are quite specific. Mm -hmm. And what we do with this uh, manifesto is that we have those founders retreats every month, actually, right now. At first, we had them every quarter. Now we try every month. So we have a time where we come together, three of us every month for like a half a day. Mm -hmm. And we start with the manifesto so we read through it we refresh it for each other and we give each other feedback whether we feel that we live by it or not and then if there are some spaces where we feel that we are not in line with it then we talk about it so I think it's, it's been something really useful to us yeah. that we have we have sort of this compass that we can go back to because if you if you don't do this work at the beginning True. and you know shit hits the fan yeah. in a bad friend yes then it's really hard because that's when emotions comes in and um often we don't sort of sort of guide we're not guided from the place of clarity mm -hmm. so that's why we felt it's important to have this agreement and alignment up front and have something to come back to and i would certainly recommend it to other co-founding teams no for sure it sounds really like very healthy in like mm -hmm. essence as well if i hear that and in practice, I feel like it can definitely like have such a strong impact on any team that, you know, such a practice is a part of. So it's really nice to hear about that. Thank you. Uh, one more thing that I really want to talk about is uh, you're a very strong advocate for mental health. And mm. as a founder, mental health is sometimes like overlooked. It's not sometimes the first priority for founders. It's more so, okay, let me just, let me just, you know, one more thing, one more thing. Let me get that business out of the door. Let me get this deal first and then I'm going to take care of the rest. So I really want to understand like one thing, how, for example, for a founder, I believe, and it might be as an, an assumption, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, when you're building up something from scratch, you're emotionally attached to it as well, right? Uh, in that yeah. sense, like there's a lot of, you know, like your brand and your identity is very closely tied to what you're building. Any feedback that you receive, if it's negative, you take it emotionally. And when that emotional sort of comes into, it turns into a baggage, like you said, and then can affect your life in a very negative way as well in the future. Mm -hmm. so how do you as a founder uh, practice like letting go of attachment and then also prioritizing your mental health? 
Yeah. So thank you for asking, first of all, because I think we don't talk about it enough, yeah. right? True, true. Um, so I think in more conversation like this one and uh, on more sort of forums, we should be mm -hmm. upfront about it because indeed is a it's a it's a big, big part of the journey. Yeah. Um, because first of all, we show up every day to to work and to our teams and with our co-founders as humans. Mm -hmm. And in that capacity, we show up with our physical health and mental and emotional and as a whole. So how I practice and uh, sort of how I work on the attachment. So it's a real thing for sure. I would say maybe even more so for first time founders because mm -hmm. you are creating something so which is so closely knitted to who you are and your identity. Um, I think the one sort of uh, useful practice for me is just to keep reminding myself that this is something that we dedicated our, yes, our, a lot of, most of our time to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that I have many other layers and parts of my life as well. And that reminder can be often through conversation or meditation, but I think the more sort of even helpful part is that I practice actively also the other identities and other parts of me and that can mean that um i'm a friend yeah uh, i love to dance mm -hmm. uh, i love spending time in nature uh we love to party so we try to do that yeah. uh i really enjoy meditation many many other layers right sure. and um practicing those helps me to get out of that bubble often mm -hmm. but this is all that I am yeah. so reminding myself that I am much more than Neem mm -hmm. uh, and Future Farm for that matter and I'm more than the activities that I do right yeah. as a human being uh, and practicing those parts of me whether they're hobbies or their relationships outside mm -hmm. of work that has been quite helpful to me um and maybe just one last one is that when I am in the rabbit hole and I find myself sort of, you know, cycled, a conversation with my therapist always helps. So I'm an active uh, advocate and promoter and practitioner of therapy. Yep. Um, and Sarah, who's my therapist, she helps me with some, she puts a mirror in front of me. Mm -hmm. She gives me some really useful, helpful guiding questions and most of the time I walk away with much more refreshed and sort of with a lighter sense of being uh, from those conversations. So that's, that's sort of another one. Yeah. Wow. No, I think for me too, like these kind of conversations really do help, you know, deconstruct your belief system. Uh, that is sometimes more so the limiting beliefs that we have for ourselves. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So self-doubt, imposter syndrome, um, am I even worth it? You know, all of these questions that we have in our head as founders, as normal everyday, you know, people, regardless of what titles we have in our lives. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this. And yeah. it should be a taboo in like, regardless of any culture. It is something that is real. So I did realize that uh, growing up, it wasn't something that was spoken out widely at home mm -hmm. or in schools or universities um, we didn't even talk about it to our closest friends for that matter you know you would talk about the emotional turmoil that you would be facing every now and then but the mental uh, health mm -hmm. and mental wellness wasn't a topic at all 
And I think for me now, more than ever, I do believe that it should be something that is normal. You know, all of us go through it. It's just a matter of time that we start talking about it. And the more we talk about it is when we let go of a lot of things that are just built up, you know, in our little brain up there. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. talk about definitely. And I think also just figuring out that uh, we're in all of this uh, together, right? So yeah. uh, I can see is that when I open up or share with my team that let's say this is what I'm going through, right? And um, which I do, uh, and as well as my other two co-founders, I think it gets a strong sort of example for them to feel safe that yeah. oh wow okay i mean it, it is it is we are normalizing it is okay right to also talk about these um maybe emotions and feelings and and state of beings and um sometimes it's really just about sharing and listening uh not necessarily looking for advice mm -hmm. um but yeah i think that conversation with others and and bringing it up in in our chats with friends or in our conversations with the teams, I think it's also super important. So yeah, we'll, we we try to do that ourselves as well, Neem. That's amazing. That's awesome. But I think in terms of advice, since we're also coming towards the end of the show, and it's been such a pleasure, honestly, to talk to you today, to even have this conversation. We started Pakistan and then Pakistan and then Neem and then, you know, ah, beautiful. Thank you so much, mashallah. Really nice. Uh, one last question from my side is, do you have, since this community is more catered towards people in their 20s, uh, mm -hmm. and I feel like this is most of our, you know, like habits start forming us as humans. Uh, yeah. It's when we, you know, start adding more layers, shedding more layers. Of course, that's a continuation of process throughout our lives, but uh, a lot of foundational core starts developing during this time. So I just want to, yeah, like your advice, considering you've traveled the world, you've seen different cultures, you're working in Pakistan, which is not the most easiest environment to be in, uh, but still you're navigating so well, mashallah, which is amazing. So what is your advice to people in Pakistan uh, or outside as well, uh, sending a message to Slovakia or, you know, wherever in the world? Uh, what is your advice to people in their 20s on how to invest their time, money and energy? Mm. Okay. Um, I have two parts of, of, of the answer. So one, and, and I think it's maybe also uh, what I wish that someone would tell me, right, when I was in my 20s, yeah. uh, would be to design or my decisions uh, and my journey, right, and my wants and desires less about what my family and my friends and mm -hmm. uh, what I read around me, what the other people want yeah. and want of me. But I would, I wish that I would be spending and I want to send this message out there that if you can start spending more time looking inside yeah. and that can be through, you know, like small things you can maybe experience or experiment with um, practice of journaling so journaling is a uh, basically you take a notebook of any kind beautiful you know place which is just for you um it's sort of a diary of sense yeah. and start putting any thoughts that you are carrying in your mind in your body onto the paper and then start seeing what's sort of developing for you like is there some pattern what is it that what questions are you carrying inside of yourself? So journaling is very sort of useful, helpful practice. So I would maybe recommend that as an experiment. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I mean, 
most of your audience is, is digitally native, I would say Google, what are some of the useful sort of questions, self-inquiry questions for myself? Wow. So you can start spending, you know, maybe, maybe you can start like once a week for half an hour, just mm -hmm. take the notebook or just sit somewhere calm and, and, and think about how do you feel about some of those questions? What is it that you want? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe just starting feeling, what is it that other people want of me? And what is it truly that I feel? And then, so I think that that's where I would start because even in my journey, to be honest, I certainly, my decisions in my twenties were heavily, heavily influenced mm -hmm. by outside expectations and me wanting to meet that expectation mm -hmm. rather than truly looking inside and asking myself, like, what is it that I really want for myself, even though it might not feel glamorous or, you know, mm -hmm. my parents might not be necessarily okay with that, but let me at least find out what it is right wow. so I wish probably that part and mm -hmm. and then the second part is somehow related maybe as a follow-up which is that I would certainly recommend for all of you out there to be brave and courageous to reach out to other people who are already on journey that you might feel inspired by or you feel like oh this is interesting like how did you do that right which sometimes feel like so far away and so remote and might maybe unachievable yeah I would certainly tell you use all the means whether that's social media yeah. LinkedIn mail people I I could not sort of uh recommend this more people usually are very open to give back, you know, on their journeys. They might spend a half an hour with you and maybe they introduce you to five other people. Yep. And that's how you expand your network and your horizons. Mm -hmm. So be courageous, go out there, connect with people. Once you have a little bit of clarity, what is it that you are curious and, and, and interested about in, in the world? Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'm so glad that I got a chance to connect with you. It was also- well, exactly how it happened right you reached out and here you are we're talking and Amazing. uh I don't know what you know where where this takes us so yes indeed that's uh, that's the example that's the way <laughs> true on that note, thank you so, so much, Vladimir, for today. It's been amazing, honestly, for me to even like get to know you better. Um, and now I feel like I know you much, much more than just a LinkedIn profile, you know? So mm -hmm. for me, that means a lot. So thank you so much. Your journey is super inspiring, not just for people in Pakistan, but outside as well. Uh, so I'm hoping whoever watches this takes some nuggets of wisdom uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. starts applying that to their lives as well. Uh, and for you, I just want to wish you good luck wherever you go ahead with Neem uh, and outside of Neem as well with different roles in your life. So yeah, wish you all the best. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. And I don't take it for granted. Uh, I really, truly also enjoy the conversation and lots of great spirit and energy. Um, and thank you for giving me the space to also share the story and uh, hopefully to connect with your audience and uh, mm -hmm. feel free to also reach out if there is someone out there that maybe this resonated with. I'm happy to share my email. So yeah, shoot me a message. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.